love a roaring, crackling campfire? Are you mesmerized by the flickering light, glowing embers, and radiating warmth? On today's show, I've got some tips on building and maintaining the perfect campfire. Stay tuned. Hello, my name is Janine Pettit and I'm a girl camper. I go places and do things with other adventurous and curious women. We camp like girls in tents, vans, travel trailers, motorhomes, and even cars. We travel solo and in groups to girl camping gatherings, large and small, to bucket list destinations with friends, or on our own to wherever the wind blows us. On this show, we'll talk about the qualities of a girl camper and how you can be a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party and you're invited. Stay tuned while we share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. Today's episode is brought to you by our consortium of girl camper friendly RV dealerships. General RV with 12 locations in the U.S., Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, and Bankston Motorhomes with three locations in Alabama and two in Tennessee. Also providing sponsorship are our friends at Kempco Manufacturing, makers of over 4,000 products for your RV, boat, and tailgating needs. And of course, Liberty Outdoors, manufacturers of the award-winning Max and Mini Max travel trailers. Thank you, Girl Camper Sponsors, for allowing me to bring great RV content to outdoor enthusiasts everywhere. Welcome, I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, Adventurist, and Podcaster, and this is Episode 169 of Girl Camper, the Podcast. Well, I am on sabbatical for the month of May, but I am bringing you a mini episode each week. Today, I want to share my secrets for the perfect campfire. So much happens around the campfire. Really, for me, when I sit around there and I start looking at that sparking flames going up in the air, my heart rate begins to come down. I always think it's similar to when you're standing on the beach at night in front of the ocean and you're kind of looking at that majesty of the ocean and you realize just really how small you are in this world. I feel the same way when I'm sitting around a campfire. For me, I have great memories of campfires, of people that I've shared deep secrets with and and of childhood memories, just collecting the kindling with my Leamy cousins and my siblings and and my dad who was a banjo and guitar picker and always had a sing-along. It makes me laugh when I think of it now. We had that family station wagon with the wood on the side and the the um can at the the luggage rack on top packed with a tent and a screen house pulling the pop-up behind us, which was packed to the gills. But somehow with nine people fitting all of their camping gear into there, there was always room for my dad's guitar and banjo. And I am so grateful for that because we met so many fun neighbors from the campground around that campfire. And I, I hear a Johnny Cash song on the radio and I can smell campfire. <laughs> It's just like some kind of cellular memory for me. 
I want to share with all of you the secrets for the perfect campfire. And I'm going to start with a list of ingredients. So every campfire is only as good as the wood you have to build it with. You need really good dry hardwoods for a great fire, but that's not all. You need something to get those wood logs burning and that's tinder and kindling. So there's really three ingredients to a get a good fire going. And if you've ever been missing one of them, you know what I'm talking about. So let's start with tinder. What is tinder? Well, tinder is the most easily combustible material of these three components. And in some ways, from my perspective, it's the most important. It's dry leaves or tiny branches or dried up pine needles, whatever's gonna combust really quickly and burn really fast. Now, you can forage around the campground in the forest floor for these items, but in my experience, they're often damp or wet and don't ignite easily. I also really don't love rummaging around in piles of dry leaves because of what might be hiding in them. I'm so afraid when I'm picking them up, there'll be a snake, a tick, a spider, something, and I don't love that. I bring my own tinder with me in the form of fire starters that I make at home. I'm going to return to that in a minute and talk about fire starters. But the next ingredient is the kindling. Um, this is something I always carry with me just in case too. I'm lucky enough to have a thoughtful some may say neurotic, neighbor who bundles up all the twigs and branches that fall on his front lawn and he ties them up in little strings. I'm not kidding, like every two weeks or so I have this neighbor who puts this pile of perfectly sized sticks and branches all tied up in a bundle and I grab those off the curb. <laughs> And I just stack them up in my garage. I don't even know if he knows that I take them. But every time I see them, I run out and grab them. They are perfect for the campfire. Now, if you don't have an OCD neighbor like mine, you can generally find these things laying around at most campgrounds. Unless you're at a really fancy campground, then you're not going to see this kind of stuff. But anyway, it's easy stuff for you to bring from home, too. You can get them off your own front lawn, or you could forage them anywhere and keep them in a little collapsible bin. I have one of those bins in the back of my truck. It collapses flat when I'm not using it, but it's always in use. And I actually keep all my fire starters in there, my tinder, and my kindling. So if my husband is working on a wood project or I'm working on a wood project and I have extra scrap wood, pieces of two by four, whatever, anything that's gonna burn quickly, I um, store that in that collapsible box. Now, if you do not have kindling, you can always make your kindling out of the hardwood logs that you bought for the other aspect of your fire. So when you're at the campground and you buy bundles, they're usually cut in a diamond of some way. So, or a triangle, I should say. So it's a log, a round log that's been split several ways. So usually you get this pizza pie shape. If you put that on a stump or a log and you use your ax and you're a really good shot, you can just slice off these little pieces of wood that act as your kindling. My brother-in-law that I was camping with in um, Colorado last summer, he has a master's degree in forestry, and I love camping with him because I always learn so much from him. So he actually gave me the um, 
411 on how to cut this wood last year. And I had so much fun being the person in charge of kindling at our family campout. I actually did a little video on this showing people how to cut that without whacking your leg off. So I'm going to put the video that I made in our show notes. So you have to go over to girlcamper.com and look at episode 169 and that little video will be there. It's actually really fun and something kind of powerful about feeling like a lumberjack. Like I got this thing. Look at this nice little stack of kindling I made. So you can forage it from the forest ground or you can make it yourself. Now, usually people bring their firewood, um, they get it at the campground. Um, In New Jersey, it's illegal to bring firewood from a different state, and I think that's the case in a lot of states. That's because they're trying not to um, bring in insects that are wood-destroying insects or tree-destroying insects from different parts of the country. They're trying to keep a handle on that. So please follow that rule because it really is important. Um, I usually just buy it at the campground. If I'm in New Jersey and going to a New Jersey campground, I might bring it from home because we have a fire pit in the backyard and I, I just save that money because we seem to have more wood than we ever burn here. But I get the hardwood from the campground and it's usually indigenous to whatever area you're in. Now, so you've got the three ingredients. You've got your tinder, you've got your um, kindling, and you've got your hardwoods. Now, there's a science to how this is all put together. There's generally two ways to stack wood for a campfire. One is the teepee method. You stack the hardwood logs upright, forming a teepee. Um, the kindling and the tinder are in the inside, and everything is goes upward. So when those flames, you light the middle and the flames go upward, Because they're vertically stacked, all that raw wood is exposed. The bark is usually on the outside and it catches very quickly. I don't like this method because it does catch very quickly. And about 10 minutes later, the whole teepee falls over and starts to get smothered. I like the other method, which is called the log cabin stacking method. Now, this works by putting down the tinder in the center and then stacking two logs, or I shouldn't say stacking, laying two logs about 12 inches apart on either side of your tinder. Then you stack the next two logs across those in the opposite direction, like you're creating a tic-tac-toe pattern. So you can keep bringing this upward. I usually go three, sometimes four stacks high. Each time I put a new set of logs on, I bring them closer in. So really you're creating kind of a pyramid with them. When they're stacked about four high, then I drop the kindling down the center. So when you light the tinder down in the bottom, it starts the kindling going, which lights the logs on the side. This can really fire up pretty quickly and it doesn't topple over like the teepee ones do. It's just my favorite. Really, I've tried so many different ways. And believe it or not, I've watched a lot of videos, but this has been my method for a couple of years now. And I I just think it works great. You can keep adding wood to this too without um, smothering your fire. Now I want to talk about the fire starters for a minute. I have some ideas I want to share with you. I I really like to make fire starters at home. Um, 
I just find when you're at the campground and you're relying on uh, foraging stuff from the ground there, it doesn't always work. And really, nothing is more frustrating than a smoky fire that you can't get going. So here's a few ideas that I use. Um, The first thing I want to tell you is when you get started making fire starters at home, the key ingredient is wax. Wax is what makes um, fire starters burn. When you buy those fake logs at the store, it's sawdust and wax. That's what they are. So after many trials and errors, I've developed a system that I'm now sticking with. I purchased an inexpensive crock pot at Goodwill for $5. Now, I used to do these in the aluminum foil. I used to put all my candles in the disposable aluminum trays that you buy at Thanksgiving for your side dishes and your turkey. I used to buy the small ones and you have to stack those two or three deep. And I used to put all the candles in them and put them in the oven on low, like 275. You could even go 300, but when it was all melted, I would bring that out and do all my dipping. I have decided that I like this crock pot method better. When you look for a crock pot, it's important to try to find one of the small ones. If you buy a big one, you're going to really need a lot of wax. So I've got one of these small ones. Um, I threw all of my candles in there. I put that thing on high. You could use it on high. When everything was melted, I turn it to warm. So the thing about that is, when I is I warm, it keeps the wax melted. When you do the aluminum tins in the oven and then you bring it to your work surface where you're dipping, it starts to harden up right away and you have to keep running back to the oven with it, which is why I like um, the, the Goodwill Crock-Pot method better. Now, the thing you're going to need to put in your Crock-Pot is wax. And I have a couple of sources for wax. First of all, I save all the birthday candles. Anytime we light a candle in this house, I have a lot of candles going in the house a lot. When things get down to the bottom, I save that wax, um, the bottom end of a a candle that you might be burning in the house. Um, Tapered candles that you put on the table during the holidays and stuff, I save those stubs. Another thing I do is I'm kind of hooked on those little bond, uh, the bluebell or whatever they call them, the little cheeses, the wax cheeses, the goudas. When I take that little red wax covering off, I have a little dish on my um, island in the kitchen and I just fill that up. I'm not kidding. <laughs> that thing was chock full after Christmas in my house when everybody was home and there was lots of snacks going on. I had a big pile from there. I also just buy inexpensive candles at the dollar store. There's a couple of real bargains there. You can buy um, the tea light candles, which don't give you as much, or you can buy the votive candles. And there's a lot of wax in three or four votive candles. I was just at a wedding shower and they gave a little takeaway, little present for everybody leaving the shower. And it was a little votive candle. And I thought the last thing I need in my house is a little votive candle. And I wasn't going to take it, But I did because I brought it home and I just threw it right in my wax dish. Another thing you can do is you can tap into your church. (laughs) So on Saturday mornings, the ladies who clean our church change out all the candles on the altar. So I was there one Saturday morning and I went over to the lady and I said, what do you do with all those candle stubs? And she said, well... We put them in a drawer here for a lady who used to pick them up, but she hasn't gotten them in over a year. And now we're thinking we should probably just throw them away. So, 
Eureka, that was such a prize. I got this whole giant bag of candle stubs. And let me tell you something about the church candles. They're made of a much higher quality wax. They don't smoke really high. So that's another great source. You could just tap into someone who works at a church and ask if you can have your cast off candles. Okay, so I like to make my fire starters from stuff that I just have laying around the house. And everybody has this stuff. The first thing is the fire starters that you make out of waxed cardboard boxes, the cardboard that your um, milk, almond milk comes in. So we drink almond milk out of the wax cartons. And I mean, I have three or four of those go through the house in a week and they're already made. You don't have to do anything. All I do is take off the plastic part. I open the top rinse the whole thing out, let it sit in the drain board. Then I remove that wax. I crush it on the kitchen floor. I just step on it and get it flat. Now, I usually rip these things up into like thirds. And if you take that little bottom of the fire starter and you do put a little kindling in there or just ripped up newspaper in there, that really gets that started. I actually have a whole crate of these in my garage and they're just fun to have and easy and cheap and you already bought them and you don't have to do anything with them. Now, the other thing I like to do is I like to make some of them from stuff around the house. Some of the things I use are brown paper, corrugated paper, um, Amazon boxes that come to the house. The brown paper I have is usually packing material. We get a lot of boxes in our house, and a lot of times it's stuffed. The package is packed with brown paper. I kind of flatten that all out on the countertop, and I rip them into strips. The other thing I love is the corrugated paper. So I save all the corrugated um, cardboard that comes in packing materials and the bottom of frozen pizzas. They are corrugated cardboard too. I cut those up into strips as wide as kind of the palm of your hand and maybe as long as your hand with your fingers extended. And I just dip those in hot wax. I leave the top of them undipped. So if you just hold it with your fingers and you dip it in your crock pot, leave that top undipped um, because it is hard to light wax. And so when you have something that isn't dipped, that is your ignition point. So you can use that to get the fire going. Another fun thing that I did this year is I took brown paper lunch bags. This was kind of fun. It was kind of a little experiment. I had this idea in my head. It's a little labor intensive, but they really made very pretty gifts. So I gave them to a bunch of girlfriends. So if you take a brown paper lunch bag and you cut the top two thirds of the paper bag off, then I open up the bag so it's um, only... I don't know, like maybe four inches high. And I line those opened little short bags all up in the bottom of aluminum trays. Um, then I take all of my shredded wax, or I actually used all the wax from my little cheeses, my little Gouda cheeses that I had. I put those in the bottom of those bags. Then I took the top two thirds of the bag and I have a scissors or a paper cutter. I have a paper cutter where I could just slice them in little half inch things. And I had this whole pile of cut up brown paper ribbons. So I open those up and they're a circle. And I, I just actually pile them on my wrist until I get a nice pile. And then I pull them off and I crunch them up into a little paper nest. And I put those nests inside that brown paper bag and then I took all of my old candle stubs and I shredded them 
with a potato peeler. I just stood there peeling them like carrots, just having this big pile of wax, and I topped all the little paper nests with that wax, and then I put these things in the oven for about 15 minutes on 300. The ignition point for paper in an oven is like 400 degrees, so you can put them in on 275 if you're worried about it, but I wouldn't also leave the kitchen. Keep an eye on them. So when I pulled that whole thing out, all of that paper was soaked in wax. So I let them cool off, and then I folded them over, and I tied twine around them and put a pretty bow on them, and I had a dozen or so of those. And I gave them as gifts, and I kept some for myself, and they light super fast, and the twine is what I used to light it for, although there's usually a piece of the paper that didn't ignite. So those I call my little brown lunch bag bombs. Another thing I did was I took my coffee filter. So take a round white coffee filter or one of the brown ones that goes in a cone shape. I fill that with dryer lint, tie it with a piece of twine, and then I have just a little circle. Like people do this with coffee when they make individual coffee things, but I filled it with lint and then I can just dip those in my crock pot, fill them with wax, and those light super easily too. The top doesn't get dipped in wax, so you can light it off the string or you can light the top. Another thing I like to do is just dip dry leaves or flowers. My husband is one for bringing me flowers from the supermarket all the time. He always goes in on his way home from work and he stops to get two or three items. And he always picks up the $3.99 little bouquets of roses from Aldi's. Well, they only last three or four days at home. But when I see them start to droop, I tie a um, ribbon around the stems and I hang them upside down and they dry what I love about these is if you dry them when they're a little open, there's a lot of nooks and crannies in those. So if you drop that pretty whole rose into your hot wax by the stem and pull it back out, A, it is such a pretty presentation if you're giving it as a gift, but it holds a really lot of wax. So there's one more idea for you. Okay, I have a few last items to talk about when it comes to campfires. One, some rules about campfires. Always start your campfire in a ring. It's just not right to just start it on the open grass. If you're at a campground and there's a ring, but you don't like where that ring is, you're not supposed to move it and you're not supposed to start a fire elsewhere. You'll have to move your camper or, or work around it. The other thing you should have is a portable rake to clean away any kind of combustible materials that might be on the outside of the uh, fire ring. Sometimes you could just do this with your foot, but I actually have a little Camp Coke um, collapsible rake. It's small and I can just clean up the area around the campfire so nothing catches fire. Um, it's a good idea to have something to fan the fire with. Uh, Often when you're using fire starters, you don't need this. They'll fire right up. But if you have kind of a damp fire pit or having trouble starting it, you know that you fan it with a paper plate. But I'm telling you, one of the things that I see people use all the time, and I finally found one, is an old school set of bellows from a, a thrift store. I found one at Goodwill, and I keep it in the back of my camper. And so that those things really put out some air. I've been using that for a while, but now I have my battery-operated handheld fan from Agulux. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes too. This thing works on several different speeds, so I can 
put this handheld battery operated fan on low and just hold it down to the fire until everything gets started. And it's a lot simpler than a paper plate. <laughs> So another thing I think is good to have is a good set of fire retardant gloves. Uh, you can move logs around with them. Sometimes you just need to shift a log a little bit to keep the smoke from going in the wrong direction. If you have an old set of fireplace tongs from a, a set in home, I have one of those and I can just move a log around with that. So a rake, a ring, always have a ring, a fan or bellows, some fireplace gloves, fireplace tongs, and of course, a long lighter. Well, that's our show for today. I am hoping that there are many wonderful nights around the campfire in your future. I'd like to thank our sponsors, General RV with 13 locations around the country, Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, Bankston Motorhomes with five locations in Alabama and Tennessee, and Campco Manufacturing that makes so many great things that make our fun outside even more fun. And of course, our friends at Liberty Outdoors, makers of the Max and Mini Max trailers and the wonderful advocates and sponsors for the Hold You Foundation. Thank you, Liberty Outdoors. That's a wrap, everybody. I'm off to the campground. See you next week. <music>